afternoon and good day wherever you're joining us from. Welcome to another edition of Sales TV Live. Today, we're making process your purpose in sales. I'm joined by my colleague, Adam, of course, and we are joined by Kelly Lichtenberger. Kelly is Hello. a noted expert on how to train, build, and grow exceptional sales teams that heighten the customer experience to new levels. She's also a five-time winner of the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals Most Influential Sales Professional Award. So no lightweight here. Kelly, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about this today. This is going to be fantastic. Thank you. Kelly, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey into sales and, and where you are today. Like a lot of people, I started my career as a sales development rep, and I ended up loving it so much, I've stayed with that my entire career. So helping people start their sales development inside sales um, path and then go to sales. So um, the skills and the fundamentals you learn as a sales development rep and an inside sales rep, they don't stop there. The best sales reps I know out in the field, once they master those skills from the cold calling to objection handling, being able to do all of those things, it helps them even when they're in the field. So they lean on those things. And then since COVID and everybody's working back on trying to get people through the phone, through emails, all again, the initial things that um, I started when I started my sales career. Okay. So- I want to jump right into it. Yeah. Is the cold call dead? I love that. I love it. I hope that everybody outside of this call um, thinks that. Um, and then they do other things. So my team can just do the call. Because if it's dead, um, then my team will get right through uh, when they call to people. Um, I think, you know, you still have to build human relationships. And though the phone is tough, one of the things I talk about is that what happens a lot of times is people want to say that they want to believe it's dead because it's a skill set that a lot do not have. And they don't know how to handle the objections when they get on the phone and they're not trained that way. And there's many managers out there that, again, don't know how to train with this because they weren't ever um, taught how to do this effectively. So it's very much alive and well, and you can have a long career once you master that skill. Fantastic. And our audience is backing you up. Caden uh, Mertz shares, uh, cold calling is not dead. Kelly has the data to back it up as well. So putting the numbers where your mouth is, fantastic. Let me ask you this then. How is AI changing the landscape for outbound activity? You got it. So I think AI is, you know, obviously that's on the top of everybody's mind. They hear this all the time. And there's a lot of companies that I actually got a call the other day. It was completely AI driven. Um, I think that AI is uh, coming to the forefront as something that can be used to help us more with the emails when you, or to revise a script maybe to get some new ideas, but as a replacement, absolutely not. The number one thing that people need to rely on and know that sales are still going to happen with human interaction. So your EI will win every time over your AI. Your EI. 
your uh, emotional uh, intelligence. Um, so everybody has an EQ, just like an IQ. And again, so your self-awareness, your um, active listening, these are all the skills that are necessary to be effective when you are making those calls. And again, this is how people are interacting today. It's not what it used to be a few years ago. You're not in the offices. So the most skilled salespeople still have to show up by making these phone calls, you know, talking to people over Zoom. So your EI is very important. Can I, can I jump in here? Because I, I always like to be a, a, a miserable arguer with people. <laughs> um, so I, I think cold calling is totally dead. I do think, though, that the telephone is more important than it's ever been. Yes. And and I think that there's a there's a big difference here. I think that often when salespeople hear when somebody says cold calling is dead, they go, ah, I've spent 25 years developing telephone techniques and now I'm a waste of space. And actually, I think that the challenge is uh, is getting to speak to somebody. So I cold call you and you say, I haven't got to can I just have two minutes of your no click. And it's very difficult to uh, to break through that, oh, I don't know the number, I'll send them to voicemail and not call them back. However, at the point that I have engaged you, because you've you've engaged with some of my contact, I've, I've built some sort of rapport with you on social, um, maybe I've seen you at an event, and then I phone you, that's when being, and you're, you're right, you know, we don't have, I don't work in the office anymore. So people can't come and see me in the office. I don't certainly don't want them to come and see me at home. So it's all done this way. And that's when those skills now are, are so much more valuable than they've ever been. And I think what happens a lot of times when we're talking about cold calling, people instantly jump to, I'm trying to sell you something. It's not that. This is, again, we're cold calling because you haven't talked to me before or had a conversation. But I'm not calling to sell you anything on this first interaction. I'm actually asking them to even look up, did, did they receive the email that I sent? It's a combination. It used to be seven to eight touches to until you reach someone live. Now it's about 16 till you get to them. So when I'm talking about cold calling, I want to educate. And I let people know. I couldn't sell you anything right this second if you wanted me to. That's, that's not the, the whole plan. So, um, you know, and if people like anything, personal, professional life, if there's no pain, we're not going anywhere anyway. Um, so I have to know that going in. So it's a different conversation than me trying to as quickly as possible, get to you all the information about my product that I have. Um, I want to find out what's most important to you. Um, you know, one of the things we even do is something like, you know, if you had an extra million dollars on your desk for business, what would you spend it on? I just want to have a conversation. I want to know what you're thinking about. Yeah, and absolutely. And and I think that the the words "cold call" uh, they they fill me with terror. Yes, uh, and and they fill me with terror because whether or not you're the person doing the dial or the person receiving the dial, it's a hideous experience. You know, because it's it's kind of got those Wolf of Wall Street overtones, hasn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, where someone's a fast talker and they're going to get you on the phone. They're not going to let you get away. Oh, hold on, just before you go, let me just. And it's just, it, it really does make my skin crawl. But and the idea of having an actually a one-to-one -one interaction with someone is really exciting. 
Yes. You know, it's lovely to chat to somebody and get to know them and build rapport with them and have a laugh. And I always say to people, I, I sell an awful lot of stuff to people that play the guitar because, you know, it's a good conversation starter. And I think what happens a lot of times, all of the things that you're saying are the reason why the cold call is so frightening to many. Um, also, the you know used car salesman, all of those things are conjured up when you think about a cold call. And you know when you think about in life, say you had a customer, uh, you needed to talk to customer support. You want to talk to a human being yeah. so much. So then this you know, people have that thought in their mind when they're calling in to give information. If we think about it, wouldn't it be so much quicker to get to somebody instead of sending you 10 emails and you need information on something, talking to the person, say, I'd like this and I can get it over to you. And the process is so much faster. So it's really just, again, it's changing how it's perceived and what we're doing when we're calling someone. I, I think it, I think it's the framing of it, isn't it? It's the cold bit that bothers me. Yes. You know, a warm call is great. Yes. You know, it's the first time for us to interact and have some bit of interplay and, you know, a bit, bit of rapport. Um, the cold call is absolutely, it's what I get from my mobile phone company when I'm out of contract. You know, they want to phone me up and they want to tie me in again. It's yeah. a, obviously, as you said, it's a completely different thing when I want to talk to them because I've got a technical problem, then it's impossible to get hold of anybody. And, and, you know, th this kind of, you're right, you know, I think that, that it's, 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 it's a crucial, it's a crucial part of building a relationship. And certainly if you're in a complex environment, you know, you're selling a complex product or you're sorting out complex needs, uh, that can never happen if you don't speak to people, ever. Correct. I don't know of a single sale that has happened just all over uh, email. Uh, just just read my brochure. It's got all the information in you need. Yes. <laughs> so, Kelly, I think I heard you allude to uh, sales professionals' uncomfortable zone. Yes. How can they leverage their uncomfortable zone to achieve greater success? So it's, it ties right in perfectly to what we're talking about. The reason why the cold call, and again, it's still the name of it, but the reason why the call becomes something that people want to do, talk that it's dead, push that uh, as far as their agenda, why that shouldn't be a KPI is because people are uncomfortable doing it. We don't like to do anything outside of our comfort zone, business, um, you know, uh, personal lives. That's the way it goes. It's much easier to stay in that comfort zone. So what you need to do is work on getting very uncomfortable. And once you practice those calls, once you get through to a few people, see what works, once it becomes comfort zone, you're going to do it a lot more. And then you're not going to be looking at it as it's so frightening or somebody's going to hang up on me or what's the objection or how do I handle it? And then you're not going to do exactly what Adam said and get on the phone and think, blah, 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 blah. and you know, I've got to get as much information out before they hang up on me. Absolutely not. Again, it's a skill set. It's building that rapport in the interaction to see what they're going to be able to share with you, what they want to share with you and what they may need, you know, some assistance with themselves. And again, I don't even know that it's me or my product. So let's just start with maybe they can help me. And that's what I'm looking for when I call somebody is simply that. Can you help me?
So I heard you mention KPIs. Do we have the right KPIs? How do you measure success? So what I do is at each company and when I'm looking to build an SDR team, I start backwards. So what is the goal? Obviously, it's to close business, but seeing if there's any uh, metrics that we have in place to date, how many touches did it take to get to the closed one? And what were they? And then work backwards. So not starting saying, I think we should do 70 calls or 50 calls in a day. I want to know what it is that we're looking to achieve, how many calls it takes, the time that it takes, how many emails in between, what is the right metrics to call back. That's what I look at. Um, And that's what I found to be most successful. And then you have a realistic view too with your reps and they're not looking at it that they're just a call center because it's, again, much more um, to the SDR role, inside role, field reps, you know, starting to, to make the calls. Um, than just putting a bunch of numbers down and hoping something works. How uh, tailored are the KPIs to the individual? So yeah, different territories. I want to look at different territories. I want to look at, um, you know, you know, when they first start too, I'll look at different skill sets of what's to be expected. and who we're calling into. So again, if it's a green territory, it's going to be different KPIs. We're going to take a lot more touches at first to build up those relationships than it is a territory that's more established. Uh, so we'll be looking at that as well. And then it depends on too, is this, are these all net new sales? Are we looking at uh, renewal sales? All of that's important. So Bob Britton shares with us, Enablement is now including marketing and CS in its charters because customers are demanding better CX or customer experience. They've been unhappy with SDRs and AEs for some time now, which is why they're preferring rep-free shopping experiences. Wanted to get your thoughts on that. And why would they be happy with what they've had so far when everything has been exactly what Adam and I talked about when you're dreading, you know, that phone, oh my God, I can't believe I picked this up and somebody is just trying to get me their product information. Again, I don't want to be sold. If the pain's not great enough, I'm not buying anyway. It doesn't even matter if I have budget left or not. I need to know that there's pain. So it's that interaction and it's changing how the, that interaction is and, and working with somebody to really understand what their needs are and being able to, on the other end, I need to walk away if what I have is absolutely not of interest to them or not a pain. So I, I, I've got a question because this this is um, this is a contentious comment to make. Um, but from you, Adam? <laughs> yeah, hard though that may be to believe. Um, see, I, I don't believe that there is a role in the modern world for the SDR, and the reason that I don't is that. Um, I buy into what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you reach out to me, we have a conversation, you try to assess what my needs are, um, but you work in company X. I know nothing about this field. I'm I'm a buyer of, of this product because I sense that I might need something like this, but I'm completely ignorant about what features mean and what functions are available and what the competitor landscape looks like. So what I'm looking for is 
somebody to, to handhold me through the process of buying and educate me. So I've got a choice of I can either speak to Rob, who's an SDR. He's starting out in his sales career. He's 25 years old. He's a very clever young man, but he's got no experience and he's got nothing really to offer me. Or I can talk to you, who's been doing it for 10 years. You're credible. You're an expert. You've run into all of these problems before. Mm -hmm. Who am I going to want to talk to? Well, now, by, but yeah. my point, my point is mm -hmm. that once upon a time, uh, you could get hold of anybody. Now you can't. Now there are so many gatekeepers, whether they're physical or, or electronic, that every company that I talk to, the issue is, you know, I've got this scenario. I've got you and your your SDR junior that's working for you and you haven't got enough leads. And I'd say to you, who's better at closing these? Who's better at progressing these? You or your SDR? And the person says invariably, well, I am, of course. OK, so what the hell are you giving leads to the SDR for? If you can, if you haven't got enough and you can close them better than that person, why would Rob still have a job? And I, yeah, I would challenge that. So here, let me tell you this when people are first starting out. Um, again, you're talking about going right to the close. So for me, there's a difference. If we're talking about a call center, you're right. Why would you want to talk to somebody whose role is just to so many dials, so many connects, pass off? I'm talking about a skilled position. It's a completely trained position, very different than a call center. Now, when somebody first starts on my team, they even say, I do a training for a week and then get them on the phone and they think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Like, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what the product inside out. I can't answer all the questions. And I will tell you that sometimes you're going to be um, more skilled at that first connect then you are somebody that's been there for 10 years. And here's why. If you think about a snowman, you've got a little head, medium body, large base. And at the top, it's a novice. The person has no idea the ins and outs of the, the, the product. Um, so the only thing they have in their bag of tricks is the ability to ask questions. What does that mean to you? Uh, I've heard you say that a few times on a scale of one to 10. How important is that? You ask questions. You're building this. Now you become an expert. Let's say after a few years, you know, every single thing that they're going to, you know, whatever they throw your way, you got it for product. So can your company do this? Can your product do this? Yes, we do this. And here's how we do it. Can you do this? Yes, this is how we do it. Here's how. What I don't do in that scenario is ask questions. Why is that important to you? What does that mean to you? Where did you hear that? Does that matter to what you're going to choose as a solution? Then you become at the base, the largest piece, which is the professional. That is, you act like a novice and ask questions, even though you have all of the experience as the expert. And that's how you become the professional. So you listen, you ask questions, you continue um, to ask them, and then you provide them with more information on the specific features um, that we were talking about. Um, so for me, Again, I think it's just, Adam, depending on what you've had experience with before. I build a completely different team that they go from SDR to they're ready to go to the field. And that's all based on training and what skills that we provide them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 I do get that. Um, but I just think that, that, you know, one of the most powerful things is, you know, I'm an old, bald bloke. 
So when I say to somebody, in my experience, this is how what you need to think about, I'm saying that from the position of actually having experience. When the 25-year-old says, in my experience, this is, it's like, you're a child, you have no experience yet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that, that particularly because, you know, you're a senior executive in a company, uh, you've got better things to do than be my training ground. You know, you want to come to me as the person that has all of the answers to say to you, okay, this is what you're thinking about and maybe do a challenger sale on you. Actually, this is not what you need. You need to think about these things or these elements or these are the the bumps in the road that you're going to have to overcome. And that only comes from being old. Well, (laughs) experienced. Um, Again, I, you know, I think there's... um... You know, I, I saw a comment that was talking specifically about um, SDRs and, and, and working on uh, setting up the demos. We do that. The reason why I like to have more product information and have that there is, again, not for anything else other than for us to be able to even answer some of the objections. I think one of the things on the call that happens is they feel like they're going to get bounced around. And we don't have to provide them everything. But if they know they're talking to somebody that's more skilled, they feel more comfortable than bringing in somebody else that they're saying, this is part of my team Mm. that is going to be able to bring you some additional knowledge versus, again, I'm going to send you to somebody now that's going to sell you. So we've talked about skills a couple of times now. What skills and approaches are essential for effective uh for effective sales in in this landscape i think it's very important again uh where we talked about ei earlier to be able to have self-awareness read the room when somebody is getting antsy and hold on again i think i've gone down the wrong path i'm not trying to sell you anything um i think active listening what are they really saying that they need Um, And a lot of this, again, this is not, uh, I say people, they want to get into sales, but I don't think they're born with all the skills to be, uh, you know, day one, so great at it and handle the objections. These are things you learn with time. So it's practice. And again, getting into that uncomfortable zone, having somebody hang up, knowing that I probably went too far. I went a little long on, you know, uh, feature functionality instead of stopping and asking questions. Are they following? Um, and it seems so easy. But again, these skills are over time and you're going to make a lot of mistakes and that's OK. Again, I know some really skilled salespeople that if I ask them to pick up the phone right now and just do that, they're going to struggle um, versus back in the day when they were building those relationships across the table. So again, it's practice. It's listening to others. It's hearing what helps, um, knowing what's going to get them to listen on the phone. One of the things on our group that we do is it's, oh, it used to make me cringe when I first heard it. And it works is just, do you have 27 seconds? It's so crazy. And people go, okay. Um, believe it or not. And then we can start talking. Um, but it, it's it's really training. Um, and it's it's more than just uh, training to you have so much, you know, you have a minute to get them interested. Absolutely not. I want to have a conversation. So uh, Bob Britton has a, another interesting comment. An SDR's call plan has one goal, set the appointment for the AE. 
why would they need to be proficient in the product? So again, I think they have more than one goal. Um, I think they have a goal that's for the company, which is to set those demos. But I also think they have a goal for themselves, which is career building. I also think there's another goal, which is being able to be proficient in their job by being able to handle objections. So again, like I was saying before, I don't want to have them uh, think that they have to know all the ins and outs and be all technical. But at the same time, if we can answer a few questions that are being asked of us on that call, then um, again, we've built a rapport that they understand that we know what we're talking about. Now they don't think that they're just talking to a call center, that they're going to get this same call in a couple days. That's not what this is about. Um, and again, I can't sell you anything today if I wanted to. Let's figure out where this can go. Let's figure out what your issues are today. And if I can even solve them, I'm not sure. But it sure does feel nicer when I have a few things that I can talk about on a technical basis if I needed to. Wow. Uh, Kelly, this has been great. Uh, how can people learn more? Where can they get in touch with you? You bet. Um, so they can reach me um, on LinkedIn. Um, I'm there. So message me there. Or uh, my email address is kellyl at checkpoint.com. Fantastic. Uh, this has been another edition of Sales TV Live. To our audience, on behalf of our guest and everyone at Sales TV Live, thank you for being an active part in today's conversation. Kelly, this has been fantastic. Thank Great. you so very much. I know we only scratched at the surface of what you have to share, but it's been uh, enlightening for sure. So I think you might have even won Adam over, but I'm not sure. <laughs> well, sure. thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today um, and having me as a guest. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, it's been our thank pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode.